Welcome to the Gil and Brenda podcast as we share tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Listen for the action steps at the end, and now let's get to it. Hey, welcome back. This is Gil and Brenda Stewart with tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Uh, we are in the middle of a two-part interview. This is part two today, and if you've missed part one, go back and listen to it. <laughs> Although if you only get to today, this is okay. It's going to be awesome again. So we're actually have uh, Gil in studio again today, and we're going to be talking about stepdads. Well, before you said I was a special guest, what what am I now? Just chop oh, liver? Yeah, that was so like part one. We're in part two. Oh, now. part two. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. I, I still feel special. I think. Good. Good. I think. Okay. Well, I know this has been a topic. I mean, you've been living it for over 18 years being a stepdad. Uh, and I think a lot of what you shared, even in part one is beneficial to dads that are not stepdads. It's just a dad thing. But I think if you're not a stepdad and listening, this will give you more information or empathy for those guys that are stepdads. Yeah, yeah. I have a question for you, but before I ask that question, uh, if you didn't catch part one, uh, yeah, like Brenda said, go back and listen to it. But again, just reemphasizing the passion behind this episode or these two episodes is to encourage stepdads because in a lot of times, stepdads could be doing the right thing and need some encouragement, but don't normally hear it. And so, again, that is the emphasis of uh, taking time to talk to stepdads, you know, from one stepdad to another. Uh, we need to hear, good job, or, hey, that thing that you just did with your stepkid, no, nah, that was a bonehead move. Don't do that again. <laughs> so, in a way, that's part of the the emphasis of of why we're, we're entering into part two. There's, there are some questions that we're going to dive into, but... Brenda doesn't know the question I'm going to ask her uh, quite yet. So we'll see hap what happens. You know, we are not doing this um, with video. We're just, you know, talking here amongst ourselves in the studio. And uh, so last time when we were talking, it was around reverse betrayal was one of the other concepts. And as I was talking about it, you know, there was this recent conversation of not bonding with her children the way I was expected from her perspective. When, you know, this has been a topic going on for years, you know, we've been doing this for 18 years. And so, you know, the conversation was a month ago and then maybe a few years before that and a few years before that. But while we're talking about what I'm dealing with, as I'm sharing with stepdads, you started to have a little tear in the eye. What was that about? I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> I'm doing it again. <laughs> I think it's it's the brokenness that guys, I knew that what was going on for Brenda is a desire that I think all of our wives want for us as men to step up. And I think, you know, I, I kind of know my wife at this point after 18 years, I probably better damn well know my wife emotionally but honestly guys if you don't realize it there's this soft spot in your wife's heart that she has for you to love her children and if you haven't figured it out yet guys as stepdads if you're loving your stepchildren well the emphasis of your relationship with your wife will improve Maybe 97.8%. 
Because if you are not loving her children well, your relationship with your wife is going to be impacted probably 100%. And I think that was what I recognized as we were talking about it in part one, Bren, was that soft spot in your heart got touched. Because for a moment there, I kind of get the clue of being a stepdad actually touches your heart as much as when I'm making an effort to touch your children's heart, it really is actually touching yours. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you know, I've, I've said this before and I'll continue to say, you've just been an amazing stepdad, the way you've loved and pursued my guys and, and your kids too. You're a great pursuer of the heart. And, um, I think when guys do that, there's no wrong way to do it. If you do it with humble gentleness. So, Pursuit of heart, let me just talk about that a little bit, and then I'll throw it to you, Brenda, to to ask the first question. Pursuit of heart, what does that mean, guys? Uh, chasing down your kids and demanding from them what you want? No. Is the pursuit of the heart being a wimpy uh, kind of guy who, you know, talks, you know, all about emotions? No, that that is not the pursuit of the heart. The pursuit of the heart boils down to this. Do you understand what motivates that kid? Do you understand their pain? Do you understand what actually brings them joy? If you do, that is the pursuit of the heart. The other part of pursuit of the heart is listening. If you're listening to that kid and they realize that you actually care about what they say, that is the pursuit of their heart. Is it boring? Yeah, sometimes it really is. Uh, do you care less? Uh, no, you really do care because if you didn't, you wouldn't be standing there trying to make connection with your stepkid or your own biological children. But the pursuit of the heart is something that is done with perseverance and it's actually done when nobody's looking. That is also the uh, definition of integrity, is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And, and sometimes, I think as guys, we do the right thing and nobody's looking and we do not receive the admiration, the respect that we feel is our due. I talked to a lot of men and a lot of stepdads who do not feel respected. Um, the more you pursue, the more respect may be more likely to be returned to you. And if it's done in an immature way because they're children, then keep an eye open for it because they might actually be saying, hey, dad or stepdad, thanks for what you do. If you get that a verbal, count yourself a blessed man. If you get it as a nonverbal and you happen to catch it, tell the kid, thanks, I really appreciate that. If you hear nothing at all, stop complaining, keep doing the right thing. Okay, so that's the pursuit of the heart. That's good. And that's, like you said, it's not for wimps. This is, this is a tough road. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage for these, for men to step up and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And women, but we're talking, you're talking about men today. Okay. You ready for your first question? Oh uh, yeah. Bring it out. All right. What is a relational safety zone? Well, it's, it's not the end zone. It, it's not a touchback. It's actually creating a zone, a space, a place uh, where people can relax, uh, be themselves, not walk on eggshells, 
not feel like if they look the wrong way that you're going to cuff them upside the head or throw them out of the house or start yelling at them or start you know demeaning them or being contemptuous. That is not a safety zone. That is completely the opposite, and you can call it for what it is. That's hell. Don't do that. A safety zone that is relationally safe, I think, you know, early on, uh, you know, we kind of had a clear come to Jesus kind of conversation with, with the kids. And I led the conversation. And basically, when they were teenagers, and, you know, even now as they're adults, but when they were teenagers and young kids, I just kind of stated the obvious. Hey, I realize as best as I can, kids, stepkids and biological kids both, that when you go to school, when you're out in the community, when you're doing your thing on a day-to-day basis, you know, life out there can be pretty, pretty hard. It can be, it can be dangerous. There's bullying. There's all kinds of things that really make it difficult to have good relationship. And so when you come home and you walk through that door or you come in through the back door or through the garage or whatever door you come into and and you come into your home, this is supposed to be and is and will be a safe place for you to be without criticism for saying something stupid, (laughs) Um, without demeaning you as a person because you you don't know better, Uh, because they don't, guys. And if they don't have a loving place to fail, where are they going to do that? Because if you fail in your life, where did you get the encouragement in a safe place to say, dang it, I blew it. How do I do this better? Some of you got some great encouragement and others of you got worse. You got demeaned. You got put down. You had no affirmation. You had no validation. You got nothing. Or worse, you got put down or demoralized. So a relational safe zone is, hey, when you come in that door and you've had a really raunchy day, then go to your room if you need to and chill out. But this is a safe place. Come talk about what was going on for your day. How can we encourage you? How can we share a joke? How can we share something that's encouraging both ways so that it's a mutual place? Because the last place I would want for my wife or for my kids is for them to feel like they're walking on eggshells. I hear that day after day in my counseling practice, as well as in coaching. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around dad. Well, frankly, what the hell guys, why are, why are they walking on eggshells? Are you that fragile that you can't hold your temper that you can't be empathetic? Really? You're the one creating the zone, guy. And if you can't create a safety zone, then what's going on with you? That's a hard question to answer because what is it that I want? Well, I want respect. Well, you're not going to get it if you demand it. It's something you have to demonstrate. So demonstrate respect rather than demand it. And by showing respect, that is a relational safety zone. Wow. That's loaded. I think so. <laughs> that is truth in love. Thank you. You ready for question two? Sure, bring it on. All right. This one this question is kind of convoluted because it it's uh because stepfatherhood is convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you say to your kids it's okay to love your mom, your bio mom? 
and accept your stepmom and accept your new stepdad if that's going on in the other home. I mean, there's all these different relationships. You, before you kind of talked about um, uh, betrayal and all that. Reverse betrayal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of kids don't want to, to bond or give the new, the stepmom the time of day because they feel like they're betraying their bio mom. So talk a little bit about that as a stepdad. Yeah, this is a loaded situation because, all right, think about you're a kid and let's say, let's say you're about eight or nine years old and you were just over at your mom's and now you're going over to your, uh, your dad's Mm -hmm. or maybe you've been at your dad's and now you're going back to your mom's and, and that, transition between mom's place to dad's place or dad's place to mom's place is like a POW swap during checkpoint Charlie during the cold war in the middle of Berlin. And you say goodbye to one parent, you look at the other parent and one parent's really kind and gentle and loving. And the other one is a monster and demanding. And you're kind of like, Oh wow. What do I do? Cause I really, I really want to love my other parent, but they're being a real They're being a jerk. And so here I am torn at Checkpoint Charlie, like a POW. Oh, my gosh. Now I got to choose who I'm going to love and who I'm not going to love. I want to love both of them. But because of the the craziness of the circumstances, I find it very confusing as a child. So, stepdads, here's where you come in. You say, hey, Johnny, or hey, Susie. It's okay to love your mom when you're over here. If you want to talk about mom and you did something that was kind of fun, you know, yeah, look what, what's happening. Don't pry it out of the kid because that makes you a spy. <laughs> That's not creating the ability to love their mother. You know, if their mother passed away, be careful to give them room to honor the, the mother's memory. Okay, these are okay things to do. It's okay to love your stepmom. You can love them both. This can get really tricky, dads and stepdads, because, and I'm not going to go into this really deep because it would be an entire, it would be an, an entire series to itself, and that is the whole issue around parent alienation. That is a dastardly, horrible, devious game, and unfortunately, the women play that game a little more than the guys. I'm not quite sure why the statistics come down to that. But that that may be a whole interview that I'm going to have with another um, colleague on. So I don't want to get into the weeds of that too much. So let's come back to the point. Hey, Johnny or Susie, it's okay to love mom. Go, you know, go have a good time. We, we, I'm not looking for loyalties. I'm not, co- you know, I don't want to divide your heart. Love mom as well as you love me. The ability for you to 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 understand that when you're in your your mom's home, I understand that you know if if mom remarried then it's okay to have your stepdad as a friend. You know, make it easier on that other guy as a stepdad, dad (laughs) or stepdad, because you're not the one having to go back and forth and transverse two different countries, two different cultures, and have to deal with confusion. I mean, my kids are all in adults now, and I know they still have to transverse that. I know they have to do that in my stepson's worlds as well, because... Our home is different than their their father and their stepmom. So I guess it's really just giving the kid the permission to love as best as they can in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? That takes a big load off of them. Yeah, it takes a big load off of the kid. This is about them. Again, I'm not trying to create, 
us versus them. That that already exists when the family exploded and shattered. Now it's like for the sake of the kid, what can I do to make it easier on the kid? Not demand loving us more than they, they love over there. You know, that's a big game. And again, like I said, parian alienation is a monster. And if you find yourself in that, find yourself a good counselor or an advisor to get through that, that can turn into a mess. In a sentence, define parent alienation. Parent alienation is, is that when one of the parents is actually cry, trying to create an alienation pattern to, let's say, for instance, you know, if my ex-wife was trying to alienate my children from me mm-hmm. so that I would not have relationship. They would not trust me. They would not have a safe place to come and talk. By her saying by, a false narrative. By saying false narrative and putting thoughts in their mm, brain. So as yeah. to be creating, and I'm oversimplifying this, but she is creating a place to where my kids don't want to have anything to do with me. Yeah. And those things could be false accusations. And it could be physical harm also. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah. You know, so they're threatening that child and the and that has a lot to do out of their insecurities, out of something down deep inside of them. It's probably the worst type of a manipulation as possible because the kid really is a POW. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them, hopefully, as they grow older and move away on their own, they'll realize the truth of what had been going on most of their life. And it's just so sad, all that lost time. That, that tends to happen as the kid gets older because kids are pretty smart. They see yeah. through they see through the smoke. And again, not to get too deep into this, but that, that's kind of just the beginning of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there, we will probably have an interview on that one. Uh, okay, question number three. This is always a kind of a rock and a hard place question. So <laughs> what happens... On the very few times that this happens, maybe none of it ever happens to some people. Oh, you're being so optimistic. (laughs) But when you are between your wife and your kids, what? how do you deal with that? Okay, so what does that mean between a rock and a hard place? Well, a rock and a hard place would be the rock is you. You're, you hopefully are stable. (laughs) You're, 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 you're consistent. You're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the hard place potentially is going to be your kids mm-hmm. or my own. So I'm going to find myself in a fatherly role as a stepdad or as a father. Mm-hmm. And my kids potentially could be putting me in a situation to where I'm going to have to come down on one side or the other on my wife's side, who is the rock and who is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to come down because of a loyalty issue Mm -hmm. with my kid. And in that situation, we have the classic, as the dad, as the stepdad, I am now between a rock and a Mm -hmm. hard place. Yeah. Um, One of my mentors really put it pretty clearly to me. And for those of you that might understand, in their home, uh, and I'll go much more into depth with this with the larger project that I'm working on with stepdads, but just for simplicity... There's three steps in, in, in any step family's world. There's step one, the relationship of the husband and wife to God, the relationship of the husband and wife to one another. And then the third step is the relationship between the husband and the wife to the children and the stepchildren. The step, the stepchildren or the children are never, repeat, never to step into stage two. That is reserved 
sacred ground for the husband and wife. Now, (laughs) that sounds really easy, but it's not because kids are kids, uh, as we lovingly refer to them as those people. And we say that with most love and tenderness and care. But to be honest, guys, those people are devious, manipulating little monsters. (laughs) And they want your attention or they want their mother's attention. And they are masters at creating a circumstance of which they're trying to weasel in and get into position number two. Especially... If your wife was a single mom for a number of years and those children had their mom to themselves, all to themselves, they had no competition, which is now you. And they don't like that. So they're trying to get back into position two. And your your now wife is kind of going, well, we need to kind of just make this reference in this little compromise for Johnny or Susie. And you're kind of going, but what about me? You are the outsider. You are supposed to be in position two, and then you've got to come to your wife and go, but hey, what about us? You know, Johnny and Susie, yes, they have their role. This is where it gets really tricky because in a way, as step-parents, we have to talk out of both sides of our mouth. The marriage is first, which is, again, Brenda and I's, you know, uh, motto from day one. If you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. But those kids need to know that they're in a safe place, the relational safety zone that we talked about earlier. But when we are placed between a rock and a hard place, relationship number one is first, relationship number two is second. And this is where we say to Johnny and Susie, Johnny and Susie, we love you. We want friendship with you. But mom and dad have to be in agreement with this. And that is not your place. Your place is to be our children. And we're going to do the best we can to accommodate your request, your situation, but it does not override or trump relationship number two, which is the marriage. And they may not like that. Matter of fact, I'll tell you right out, they're probably going to get ticked off and they're going to push against it. But you got to hold firm with the rock. That's your wife. The hard place is your children. Step children, biological children, we love you, but you do not take the role of stepping in in the priority of the marriage. It's first. When we make that first, then we can accommodate the kids. Great. I have a follow-up question. Will it make me cry? I used to cry earlier when we first met. It's harder now to make you cry. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I, I guess, and once again, I don't know if this is stereotypical of guys or gals. I tend to see it more with guys because they don't see their, their bio kids as much. So what happens, um, is let's say, let's just say, for example, your kids come over, um, and, I might see your discipline with them a little bit more easier or more slack than when you and I discipline my kids. This is a common thing we hear all the time. Very and common. I think a lot of times um, guys and sometimes gals, but mainly guys are parenting out of guilt because they're guilty of what happened. They're guilt. They feel bad about where their kids are at, which is all very true yeah, stuff. Very true. But what happens is then they don't parent with the end in mind of raising responsible adults, taxpaying adults. <laughs> and they turn out to be not that great because it's like then the kids get an attitude that they can get anything they want 
from dad and or that's what that's what that's what it looks like so i know it's kind of a common thing so can you speak to that could you make it a question that was a statement <laughs> I, I think your statement was good so let me let me so i guess the ahead. question would be do step how easy is it for stepdads to uh, discipline and parent their bio kids out of guilt Wow. Yeah, that is a loaded question because if I feel guilty around the time that I have with my kids, the last thing I want to have to do is deal with, um, you know, because my time with them is limited. So I want to have a good time. I want right, to right. engage. I want to build relationship. I want to build memory. But if they screw something up because kids normally do, then how am I going to discipline? Am I going to, am I going to use a slack hand or am I going to be over firm or can I, can I be somewhere in the middle, which is balanced? That's where you want to shoot for. So if I, if I'm dealing with guilt, then I may hold back and not do the right thing, which is going to tick you off. Mm -hmm. uh, if I, then my kids go home and something comes up with your kids uh, and I see them doing something wrong and I come off too harsh that's going to tick you off. So thus, the rock and <laughs> the hard always, place. I'm always ticked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thus, the rock and the hard place. Yeah, right. And it and it, it had nothing to do with you and me. It had everything to do with those people. Yeah. And it's like, dang, those people. I wish they were gone. You know, but they aren't. They're going to be around a long time. You know, probably after you're dead. So in a way, it's important how we get along with this. Here's the key. I have to build a relationship with each one of them. I got to go do some fun stuff with, with one of the kids. Go whack a bucket of balls. Go whack some tennis balls. Go for a hike. What do they like to do? Go to the, go to the skateboard park. You know, take pictures. Go teach them how to drive. Build relationship. That gives me place to say or speak into their lives. If it's a really difficult situation, then I'm going to go to the rock first, i.e. my wife, and say, here's what Johnny presented me. He's a dastardly demon, this kid. But well, I don't know what to, I don't know how to play this out without you. Hmm. And I don't want to I don't want to parent out of guilt my own kid, mm -hmm. especially yeah. when it could be loaded with all kinds of consequences against me because of what's going on in the other home. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Welcome to the rock and the hard place of being a stepdad. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I, I want to just emphasize, I know I'm stating the obvious, guys, but again, let's talk about it. Don't stuff it. Because if you stuff it, it's going to come out somewhere and it's probably going to come in a place that where it's going to erode your marriage. And that is the very key thing that needs to have protection is the marriage. It's the strongest bond. And if it starts to weaken up, all havoc's going to break loose with the kids, the step-parenting, and, and alike. So I guess I just want to uh, state again, if you're parenting out of guilt, guys, take a step back and think to yourself, what did I do wrong? If you're guilty, admit it. If you're not guilty, then hold your ground and have the conversation with your with your wife. And if you're in a co-parenting situation, and if it's a reasonable co-parenting situation, then seek compromise. Okay? I think that's the best I can come no, up with. No, that's great. That's just something that nobody ever wants to talk about. And I think part of that, too, and we talked about this early on, is 
when either of our kids would do something wrong and, and either one of us would want to call them out, the mama and Papa Bear and both of us would come out to protect our kids, right? Right, right. And we had to come to the point to realize that I honestly, in my heart, want what's best for your kids. And I trust that you want the best for my kids. So if I'm disciplining something that's not great that you you know disagree with because I trust you because I know you want what's best for my kids, I'm going to listen to you. And I, it's might be, I might be wrong here. You're right. And vice versa. Right. For guys to say that, to listen to their wife. Right. Yeah. I think that's really the, the bottom line, Brenda, is, is trust mm-hmm. between you and me. You know, but here I am as the stepdad. Do you really trust that I have the best intentions toward your children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have that trust from you, you probably would not have. <laughs> oh, this is good. Guys, if your wife doesn't trust you with her kids, she probably wouldn't have married you. Mm. If you are being untrustworthy with her kids, would it be too surprising to you that it's impacting your marriage? I, really, I'm just kind of wondering here. Mm-hmm. Because if it's around the violation of trust and how I am treating your children, I mean, really, when I, when we, we were dating and it all started looking like it was moving toward marriage, I mean, you really started checking me out. I mean, you ran a credit report, a, a Washington mm-hmm. State Patrol. I mean, you, you had your you had your former in-laws check me out. I mean, there were so <laughs> many people that I had to get through. The gauntlet. I mean, yeah. it was a gauntlet because you wanted to know who was I mm-hmm. because I was coming into the life of your children as you were coming into the life of my own. Mm-hmm. And because I observed you. So I'm coming back to this point. If trust is not there and it's around being in the rock and the hard place and you're not being open and trustworthy with your wife, with her children, is it any wonder that you're having a problem in the marriage? I mean, do the math, guys. Really, it's it's an equation that really boils down to if I'm acting lovingly, building a safe place for them to you know, be children but that when there is a rock and a hard place, I'm going to default to relationship number two, and that's me and you. Mm-hmm. But primarily, I might default to relationship number one. I'm going to go pray for God to give me wisdom because I just don't get it. Yeah. And that's a softening of my heart. Then we can take those relationships to relationship number three, and that's the children. And if the children are playing those wicked games of manipulation, then lovingly, we call them out and go, that ain't happening here. Mm-hmm. That's not the way we're going to conduct relationship number three, because that's not what adults do. And it gives us opportunity to teach the child. They're not a problem. That's <laughs> an opportunity to teach them something. That's the case of every rock in a hard place is to teach and love well. Great. Wow, I have all these other questions now I want to ask you. But maybe we might we might have to do a part three. I don't know. Well, well yeah, I think part three is good because you you want to you want to speak to the guys about some things. So maybe that would be the place that you write these little thoughts down, and and then I'll interview you on being a stepdad. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. That would be interesting. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. On that note, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Give us a holler, and if you need to get in touch, it's gillandbrenda.com. Hey, glad you joined us today. Want to connect with us? Find us at gillandbrenda.com and the usual social media outlets. 
We are available for coaching, counseling, marriage intensives, seminars, workshops, retreats, and so much more. We'd love to encourage you in your relationship. Give us a call today and thank you to our producer and engineer, Corby Stevens. Mm -hmm.